What up? What up? Welcome back. It's 2023. We're officially naming this the Robin Eritrea show. It's going to be on the Diabetics Doing Things feed. It's going to be part of the Diabetics Doing Things podcast, but it's going to be Robin Eritrea, us just doing what we do. It's going to make this a little bit more personal. It's going to make it a little bit more consistent in terms of like time. So it's we're recording this February 2nd, 2023. So if you're listening through and starting from the beginning, here we are, February 2023. And Eritrea is here with me. What's going on? It's so exciting. I can't believe I have my own show now. Who would have thought as I came in as a small time content creator? And look at me now, a big dog. I'm just Pat kidding. Podcast <laughs> producer, producer life. It's, it has been fun, though. It's been a crazy couple of years and we're kicking off 2023 in such a big way. And gosh, I just I'm just excited. I'm super excited. I'm excited, too. And I think one of the things as we've been getting a little bit more disciplined about diabetics doing things, the business. One of the things that we take really seriously is how many people listen to this feed and how many people listen to this pod. And so we want to deliver more entertaining, more informational, better content for you more consistently. And consistency is one of my themes for the year and things that I'm trying to work on in my own life. So it only makes sense that we add it to this feed. So we're coming at you right now in a very cold, sort of defrosting Dallas-Fort Worth. I, I've left my house since Monday, so it's Actually, I left the house for the first time today to run to the store really quick. But man, it has been a gray, cold, and icy week here in Dallas, Texas, or as Eritrea calls it, Dalaska. I hate this. I First of all, I'm a Leo. I like to talk about horoscopes, and the sun is just for me. So coming back, I just got back from Cancun. So coming back for, to this nastiness is just not the vibe. Also, all my girlies out there whose nail appointments, lash appointments, hair appointments got canceled this week. I feel you, sis, because I am a gremlin right now. So I just need this all to clear up so that I can go back to be my bad B self because this is not the vibe. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's something that I didn't even think about or consider. So, uh, yeah, I, I feel you. I, I stand with you in solidarity, all you ladies who had your appointments canceled all week. Very tough. Terrible, just terrible, as they say. But this is our first pod recording of 2022, cold as it may be. And as we're looking back on 22, I guess I was just thinking earlier today, like, I want to know what your favorite moment last year was, Rob. Like, I, we didn't really sum up the year at the end, kind of. And I, we just had so many cool things happen. So I was like, what was Rob's favorite DDT moment in 22? And 2022 was interesting because we did a lot of new things and we did sort of a lot of experimenting and exploring. The zine was pretty amazing. And actually recently, uh, one of the photographers who worked on the project with us, Al, so shout out Al, but he sent me a screenshot of a Nike ad with Charlotte and her partner in the, in the creative. So Nike has them in the creative. So it was cool to see two people that we did a photo shoot with for diabetics doing things who are now in a Nike spot. So that was pretty cool to see. Um, but also, I, I think I couldn't pick a favorite without talking about North Texas Food Bank and, you know, being able to impact people who are very often forgotten, seniors, food insecure folks who are living not just in DFW, but all around North Texas. And that has sort of given me a new lens, a new appreciation for some of the little things that we do here in the diabetes community that can really impact people who are very much overlooked or forgotten or just need simple, practical applications, practical solutions for their diabetes. And so that has really informed the next iteration. Here we are in year seven of, of diabetics doing things or year going on year eight, you know, so 
I don't know. I, I feel like th- those are those are two. If, if I had to pick one, I'd pick North Texas Food Bank. But the zine definitely has a special place in my heart. It was a lot of words, a lot of design. Shout out to Madison Copeland for designing that and for all of our contributors and everybody who was part of it. It was a huge, huge project. And you know, the reason that we haven't done another one is because <laughs> I just haven't had the capacity. But really, really loved it. And I went back and revisited it the other day. It's still great, still cool. And you know, looking forward to doing more things like that here in the future. The zine is high up there. I don't know. I It was such an undertaking that maybe my mind is protecting me from it because I was just like, oh, we did that last year? Like, oh my gosh, that was a big moment. The JDRF walk we did here in Dallas was so cool. All the people we met, I think that was my favorite moment is like watching all the, the boys come up and be like, I want to meet Rob Howe. Like, ugh. Just a little fan club. So I love it when we get to do in-person things. And maybe that's something we'll talk about more. We'll, we'll be doing in 23. Yeah, I mean, there's some, the good news is, you know, in this pandemic era, in-person events are coming back sort of at scale slowly over the past couple of years, but they seem to be at least like more regular in 2023. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. But yeah, I'm coming back to public speaking. So I'll be in North Carolina at the end of this month in Greensboro at the JDRF North Carolina chapter. I actually got an email from them today. That event is sold out. So that's cool. We got oh a, you know, people are people are excited to come back to in-person events. So that's great. Really, really I excited. Mean, I'm sure you being there is a big highlight for them also, like, like in person. And we'll get more into the tea about that as we're, as, now we've looked into the past. I want to gaze into the future. And we have a lot in store for our listeners and fans. But, my favorite is the tea. So Rob, spill it. What is happening in 2023? What can we expect this year? Yeah, I wish I had more like goss or like hot tea <laughs> for you guys to, to spill. But I, you know, we've been doing a lot of work behind the scenes. Ashley has been a tremendous addition to our team in the past year. And we're really working like right now, Eritrea and I are looking at Notion. We're, we've got this whole big Notion board built out with all of our notes in it and all of our guests in it. So. I'm looking at some of the guests that are coming up on the podcast. I'm extremely excited about the stories that they're going to tell. Again, everything comes back to so many of you listen to this podcast and have for many years. And we just want to do right by you and continue to bring amazing content and amazing stories and even everyday victories. So talking with people who have been on the podcast before, there's a couple of guests who are going to be returning. There's a couple of guests who I've talked to for a number of years about coming on the show who are finally coming on the show. So keep it locked here on this feed. We're going to be bringing you amazing interviews with really, really awesome people with diabetes. And then the other thing is just kind of transformation transformation and evolution. So digging into the drip a little bit more and changing our email platforms and really deciding what that is. And, you know, I think the reveal of what is the drip, I think it's just the ultimate lifestyle newsletter with diabetes you know, the ultimate diabetes lifestyle newsletter. Uh, and it's from diabetics doing things. It's from me and from our team. So really digging into what that looks like and and evolving that as well. So you're also going to be seeing a lot more clips from this podcast and from the feed. So you might've already, if you're following us on Instagram and in our, you know, sort of top group, we've published like six or seven reels in the past week. We're going to continue to do that. We've got a team, a team member from the diabetes community. who's our video editor, Corey. A shout out to Corey for all the work behind the scenes there. So we're producing more content. We're digging deeper into these topics and really just trying to, you know, evolve and, and change with the times, but also sort of selectively do less. And so we're going to be staying focused 
more on what we can do and the things that are maybe distracting, we maybe will put on the back burner or, you know, some opportunities we will probably turn down. And, you know, one of the nice things about, you know, podcasting is continuing to be more popular is there's more podcasts popping up every day. And we've been doing that for a long time. So we're going to focus on really digging into the podcast, the newsletter, the drip and the Instagram. So that's kind of our big three and just doing our best to stay focused on that as much as possible. Sounds like the word of 2023 is going to be consistency for us, Rob. <laughs> I will receive that. I'm, tell, I'm telling you, I need that. We could all do a little bit more consistency. You know, I'm journaling. I got my journal here, you know, doing all the things, like doing the ice baths, all, all the exercise, really making sure that I'm measuring and keeping track of the things that are good for us. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you brought up ice baths. I have questions about that. I, you're a crazy person. But... While we're talking about the new year and new year, same Rob, in my opinion, so same consistent <laughs> same, Rob, yep. I always think the beginning of the year is really funny because you just had your diversity. Mine's coming up. You just had your 18th year diversity mm -hmm. and mine is 21. So both of our diabetes are some grown kids here. Wow. 18 I know, and 21. How fun. Isn't it like 18? You can buy cigarettes. 21. You can get alcohol. It's just like, oh, look at us. So cute. Somehow, though, we're still always constantly learning new things. It feels like. Have you learned anything in this past month since your solo episode? Since the solo episode? No, I don't. I don't think so. Are you are you setting me up for this? Seems like a setup question. What have I learned about my diabetes? I, I don't know. I think. Uh, I really learned that this is a process of ongoing improvement, you know, and I think like just when you think you have diabetes figured out, you'll guarantee there'll be a curveball in there. So I guess I'm just anxiously awaiting my next curveball, maybe. Uh, <laughs> that's where I'm at. The, uh, this shoe to drop. <laughs> you know, I think the things that I'm learning the most, now Now you got me, now you got me dialed in. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it now. So I'm learning about the things that are not related to my diabetes that affect my diabetes. And, you know, there's a lot of conversations around metabolic health outside of the diabetes community. One of the things that I think that we are, you know, fortunate to be able to monitor is we're looking at our blood sugar every minute of every day. For the average person, they're not even thinking about that. That's not in their top 1,000 things that they're thinking about. And as a result, we have a unique lens to our overall health and our overall metabolic health. So for me, it's movement, it's hydration, it's sleep. If I can do those really well, I'm going to be in a, in my diabetes is going to be a better shape. And I used to think, I used to look at it like with judgment about my diabetes acting up if I didn't get enough sleep and I knew my blood sugars wouldn't be crazy. Little did I know that had nothing to do with my diabetes. That just has to do with my sleep. So same thing with movement. If I don't exercise, it's like, oh, my diabetes is going to act up. But it's like, no, my diabetes is just part of my overall health and exercise is good for me. So I think I'm just kind of looking at my diabetes without judgment and approaching my overall metabolic, holistic health and wellness as something that's sort of just a non-negotiable for me. And I've learned that about myself. I love to optimize. I love to be my best self. And the things that I need to do to be, to be that person and to be my best self are sleep, movement, and hydration. Or getting, getting to know everything about you is what it sounds like. I want to plug your episode here. If you want a full breakdown of what Rob's learned in the last 18 years of having diabetes, go back one episode and listen to Rob's breakdown. I think it's episode 219. Check it out and you can get more information on all the wisdom that Rob Howe has to share about 18 years living with diabetes. 
I love, though, that we are just segueing away to talking more and getting deep into a diabetes raw breakdown. You, okay, so you took a break from the pump last year and you were using some other technology that I remember you really enjoyed because you could see how much insulin was on board and now you're back on your pump. How has that been? I think I talked about this in that in episode 219, the last episode. I am a pumper. That's what really resonates with me. But it, it was nice to take a break. And I was on the in-pen from Medtronic. And it has the app. It gives you all the data that you get with a pump, insulin on board, all that stuff, carb calculator. Really nice. So I think for people on MDI today, on multiple daily injections, if you have the option, if you can, I would go into something that allows you to have that data because it's it's a game changer. It's really nice. Um so going back, I had my A1C done. I would say like I was very much living manual mode. I was kind of just going off vibes with, uh, you know, the CGM and, and the multiple daily injections. I was thinking less about diabetes and that was cool. That was nice, a nice break. And now back on the pump, I'm thinking about it a little bit more, but I feel like my control is tighter and I just am a, a pumper. That's, that's what resonates with me. So I had my A1C, it was my highest A1C in a while, but it was only 6.6 and you know, with the amount of thinking that I was doing, which was very little about my diabetes during the time off off of the pump, I was happy with that result. And uh, just good to know that even just going off vibes and going a little bit more manual, I still have it dialed in and, you know, my diabetes, uh, I was able to manage it. So, so that was cool. But I think also getting into, and we're going to be talking about this a lot more very soon, the extended wear infusion set from Medtronic. So it's seven days now. So really on average going like four site changes a month compared to maybe eight or 10 is a huge difference. And I underestimated what that was going to be like. And that has been a really good adjustment for me and I'm really happy with it. So that's kind of my like diabetes update, you know, from, from transitioning back to full-time pumping. But recently I, um, I, my levels had changed a little bit or my ratios had changed from going back on the pump. So from my time on injections, so I did a little insulin sensitivity test and I like documented the whole thing, which is very unlike me. I'm very like, I just like try to go things off of feel, but like I'm trying to document things, be more consistent. So this, this theme continues to come on. So right before my meal, I was like 109 on my sensor glucose. Uh, my blood glucose was 115. So like right dialed in and I had just done some light stretching. And so then I ate dinner and I measured everything we were having, bonza mac and cheese. So basically I did my like, subtracted my fiber, you know, added in my protein and gave myself my like dosage. So basically, ultimately, like I, I went through and I needed to like change my carb ratios. So like I adjusted my carb ratio, it was like, you know, originally like too high. So I lowered it. So my carb ratio ended up being like 17 to 17 carbs for one unit of insulin. And I, I had it, it was more like 12, I think on my setting. So I was able to dial it back up and you know, I was, so I haven't had as many lows since I've done that. So I would encourage you guys, like obviously work with your doctor and like, don't do this on your own necessarily, but, uh, it, I think it's good to test to make sure that your ratios are still up to date from time to time. So especially like, you know, if they need to be adjusted, right? Like if you're constantly tweaking your, your insulin dosage down, it's probably good to just like go and adjust your carb ratios. So yeah, I don't know. I see you pointing. So that, that's so funny. About. Yeah. No, I just, I do the same. I've been doing the same thing recently and we'll talk about it more when I get into my Manjaro stuff, but like my insulin sensitivity went up. So I'm less insulin resistant. And so I noticed I was having a bunch of lows and I was like, 
I've been on the same carb ratio since I was 13 years old. Like that's yeah. something that like I'm 30 now. So like adjust making that adjustment with my endocrinologist and realizing like I shouldn't if I know how many carbs there are in something like I know this has 40 carbs and I'm dosing myself for 25, like something is right. off here. So yeah, it just resonates a lot with me and what I've also recently been going through. So that's cool. I think it's important though, you are part of your technology. So mm -hmm. you are the user. And while you're on control IQ and I'm on Medtronic Smart Guard Auto Mode, you are part of it. So don't try to outthink it. Just update, you know, keep it up to date. Be an active participant in your diabetes management. And I think sometimes it's really easy to kick the can down the road. Like people with diabetes are the worst about it too, I feel like. Like if your sensor expires, like maybe it'll just like wait or two, a day or two before you change it or, you know, push in the site change to the max or whatever the case may be. Like just take that second and, you know, adjust those ratios. Be curious about it and, you know, see if that changes. So yeah, really interesting stuff. I love getting into your diabetes breakdown stuff. A few months ago, you gave us a full breakdown with your stack and everything that you were taking, supplements, powders. You do the, the most. You be I doing do the most. Yeah. <laughs> so have you made any changes or updates since then? Very few. I added in, I think at that point, I don't think I was taking, I just started taking the, uh, the magnesium three and eight. So I'm still taking that. I started taking another momentous supplement, Huberman Lab, like hormone stack. So it was like the male version. So it's like not testosterone, but it's like testosterone adjacent stuff. So I'm taking the momentous Huberman male hormone pack. So that, although it's now sold out. So my re renewal of my, like, so I'm not taking it right this second because I'm out of it. But anyway, I've liked that. And then I also had been taking like a Four Sigmatic mushroom mix. And I stopped taking that in the morning. And so I'm just on the athletic greens now. So I was just, I was finding that that was just making me like too focused and like too, I don't know, people were just described the side effects as kind of like Adderall adjacent, like way too like tunneled in. And I was kind of, I was like, maybe I could do without this for a little while. So I cycle on enough of those on the mushrooms for a while, which is great because <laughs> the last of us, for those of you who are watching the last of us is like mushrooms take over the world. So, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm doing my part for that. Maybe there's a little <laughs> bit of that in there too. So I'm a little bit off of the mushrooms right now. I can't imagine a more dialed in Rob. I don't know if I would be able to handle that. It sounds very intense. It's very intense. Yeah. And it's, it's too intense even for me. So that's, uh, that, that lets you know kind of how it is. So uh, apologies to all my coworkers and peers or for when I'm too tunneled in. As we're talking about your breakdowns and the things that you're doing, things you're not doing and keeping up with your hydration and everything else, are you cold plunging in the middle of Alaska, sir? Are you outside take, this 30 have, degree weather? So I did cold plunge on Monday when before it was raining. So I have been cold plunging in the cold, but it's been really wet and icy. We thought about doing it, but then like I had to go back and say like, Rob, why are we doing this? Are we doing this for the views? Are we do are we feeding the algorithm? Like, is this does this serve us at all? So I'll I'll answer that question by saying I am cold plunging. I have not done it this week in the ice cold because again, like, why am I doing this? But one thing I have noticed is that cold plunging as a whole is up right now. Like people are talking about it. Kristen Bell did a video. I did the duet with her. Mm -hmm. uh, someone commented said the cold never bothered her anyway and i was like oh my god this is the perfect <laughs> comment of all the comments that was my favorite but cold plunging is is in the zeitgeist in the cultural zeitgeist and i am have always been a big proponent of it ever since i was a kid my parents made me jump in the pool when it was cold we used to do like the hot cold therapy my parents 
one time went to a spa together, like before we were all born and discovered like, you know, they heat you up in the sauna, then they throw you in the cold plunge. So shout out to the spa for being ahead of their time. But cold plunging has always been a part of my stack. I'm very fortunate. I've got my renew therapy cold plunge in my backyard. So I'm out there. I'm out there doing it. We'll get you on, on the cold plunge next time we do the pot here at the house. But uh, yeah, I, I'm doing it in the winter. It sucks to do when it's cold outside, but I'm doing it because I'm doing hard things. That's part of my 2023, doing the hard things, meeting them head on and cold plunging is part of that. So once it actually like dries up outside and like, I'll go back and, and do it again. But yeah, I had to hit a couple like manual, like cold showers, just like the primitive, like primitive cold plunge. This is just a cold shower this week I've done. Oh my God. Okay. So first of all, I can't believe you are influencing me still to jump but you know what if your mom can do it which i know she's done it i can do it so it will be done it will I, have to I don't know I, I will tell you anita how is not a good comparison for for somebody <laughs> like do not compare yourself to her that is a that's a risk because she is a nut she like you guys think i'm crazy i get it from my mom she is she's the foundation <laughs> she's my rock oh my gosh well because erica done it mm-hmm Erica does okay, it. Erica does not like it, but she has done it. Erica learned from, you know, she got inspired by my mom too, but we now, she now knows like Anita Howe is not to be trifled with. She is a, a woman of major substance. So cold does not bother her. <laughs> Maybe we can do it for our women's history March episode, you know? Ooh, now we're talking. That would, I love it. There you go. I can challenge myself because I'm one of those women that takes like hot from the hell, like showers, like hot as it can be. So that's terrifying. Well, you know, hot feels good. Hot is good. Also for diabetes, like we know that that can help you with your insulin sensitivity. If you've got like a stubborn high or something like that, got some insulin on board, getting getting warm, getting in the sauna. Although sometimes sauna makes people go high because diabetes is different for everybody. But hot feels good. Cold is good. You know, it's, ah. just, it's just a really tough thing. So I'm going to continue to be, that's that's my, this is my gospel. <laughs> this is my Bible. Cold, cold is, my, is my stuff. I'm going to be preaching preaching that cold gospel all year long long into my into my later podcast years so yeah you guys can trust that you also had and, and i i've been taking a lot of time on this segment but um i will say as we shift away from cold and, and talk about eritrea's diabetes i am back on the public speaking circuit i am excited i'm debuting a new talk called the dichotomy of diabetes where we talk about how both things about diabetes can be true you can live the life you want as long as you manage your diabetes but also that's not true for everyone and you know i, I feel at this place in my life, in this position that I, that I've come into in the diabetes community, I feel like it's important for me to represent people who the generic, generic kind of like headlines of diabetes don't apply to. And the people who truly are disabled by their diabetes and can't be who they were before. I don't want to forget about those people. Those people are part of our diabetes community. And I want everybody to know that there are, uh, Dual, the duality of diabetes is like both things can be true. You can chase your dreams, but also diabetes may take some of those dreams away. And I want to make sure that we're kind of looking at the whole person and, and addressing all of that together. So that's my, that's my update. The inclusivity of it all. No, it's beautiful. And then you talk about a lot, plugging again, 219, great episode. You talk about a lot there. So it's definitely worth it. I think listen. about it a lot. I think about it a lot. And, you know, I also don't, you know, I, I want to address my role in it too. Like I believed it and I contributed to it and I still believe it's possible for some people. So that's where I come back to like, there really are no absolutes, especially not in diabetes. There is no one way, there is no one solution. And the duality and dichotomy of it is something that I just have think have been thinking about and dwelling on, you know, quite a bit. 
I mean, it's definitely not one size fits all. I think sometimes even on this podcast, we'll talk about similar experiences that we both have that are just on opposite sides of the spectrum because things every day with diabetes is a different type of day, which is what I've been learning a lot of recently. Yeah. Well, let's talk about it because like you just had your first endocrinologist visit in A1C like since you got on Control IQ. Yeah. So I went to the endocrinologist in December because, girlies, I forgot to go to the endocrinologist and they were not going to refill my supplies before the end of the year. They're like, you have to go to the endocrinologist once every six months. And I was like, why? There is no cure for diabetes. I just don't get it. So I got my stuff. I went to see my endo. She came in and she was so excited because my A1C was 6.2. And the last time I was in the office, I'm someone who... I think like you was kind of an overachiever kid. So when I don't get that A plus, when I get more than a seven A1C, I am very sad and just like disappointed with myself, which is weird and something I'm dealing with in therapy, of course. But having a 6.2 A1C on Control IQ has been really great, especially because I haven't had those terrifyingly low lows in the middle of the night. I have like a a safety net because Control IQ comes with a sleep a sleep act- activity on there that I activate at nighttime that helps me not be as low. Well, uh, and so you also have hypo, hypo and awareness. Hypo and awareness. And like, so that's, that's awesome. Congrats. Like to be able to have a lower A1C and also not be worried about lows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Congrats to you. That's great. I've been feeling some more of my lows recently, which has been really great. I don't, it's a weird thing to say that the other day I was 70 and I felt it and I was just like, yes, like, yeah, I feel low. Let me go eat my gummies. So that's pretty good. And I just, I'm just really thankful, but also glad that I have the supplies that I need in case I'm ever too low, like Gvoke and Bexime and things like that in my back pocket. I'm also on Manjaro. So that's also been a huge factor, I think. Okay. So let's talk about it because, you know, right now the, those types of drugs are kind of in the zeitgeist, right? The celebrity, you know, celebrities are, are talking about and tweeting about Ozempic, which is causing shortages for people with diabetes. And um, it's sort of always been the SLG2. Is that that Mm -hmm. what it is? Uh, Are technically off-label for type 1s, but many type 1s are are seeing great results from it. So, you know, talk about Manjaro because you've tried it before as well. Yeah. So I tried it in the summer of 2022. So last year is when I started it. And when I first started Manjaro, I got really, really sick. I was sick for like two weeks. I lost like 25 pounds. It was a little ridiculous at the beginning because it's not, that wasn't my goal. I wasn't in it for the weight loss. I just wanted to get more insulin sensitivity and be able to figure out these really stubborn highs and these lows that I was chasing on a diabetes roller coaster. So after the first month of Manjaro, my blood sugar started to really level out and I could really see the benefits of being on it. When I went to Egypt, which was in October, I stopped taking it because I was just like, okay, I'm going to be out of the country. Like, I can't keep up with the prescription with me. So I'm just going to take a break. And the Manjaro still stayed in my system for a good two and a half weeks until I started noticing, like, first of all, I started gaining a couple pounds here and there that I was just like, okay, this is weird. And then secondarily, I started having more highs. And I was like, oh, does that have to do with insulin resistance? What's going on? So when I came back to America, I got back on my Manjaro, didn't get sick, kept the same dosage, the 0.5 that I was on because it's a once a week shot of 0.5 and have been great ever since. Haven't lost any more weight, which I'm happy about, but my A1C and my blood sugars have been good. That 85% in range, nobody can take that away from you, babes. 
Like that is a good feeling to be like, I have not been dealing with my diabetes wreaking havoc on my life Mm. this week. It's just been solid. So that is definitely some mental relief that I can thank Manjaro for. My doctor wants me to go up in dosage to 1.0 because apparently the way these drugs work is you build a tolerance to them. Mm. So the longer you can wait is what was recommended to me, what my doctor said for me. The longer I can wait to go up in the dosage, the better. But if I'm starting to notice that those straight lines aren't as straight anymore and it's not me that's like causing it, it's not the problem. I, it's not me. I'm not the problem. Then maybe I need to go up in the dosage, which is what we're going to try next month. I will say to anyone thinking about taking Manjaro, please get hydrated before you do so. Because if you are not hydrated, you will not only stink, you will taste bad. Like you just are icky. Your mouth Mm. is icky. It's not fun. So definitely that would be like my one advice to anybody thinking about starting an SLG2, SLGT1 is to hydrate, hydrate, hydrate before you even get started because that probably was my downfall at the beginning. So that's what I've learned from Manjaro. But I'm excited to see what else happens. And if I can get to the five club, better for me, baby. You know? <laughs> <laughs> nice. And and also, I think like, you know, continue to follow the conversation around SLG. You just said SLG1. So mm-hmm. is initial SLG1 and SLG2 inhibitors. And and I see you Googling furiously right now. So yes. uh, continue to follow that conversation because it's really important to talk about how using these as a weight loss drug, which can be prescribed by your doctor, is causing shortages for people with diabetes who desperately need these drugs to to live the lives that they want to live. So It is a, it is SLG1, but also just okay. the thing that people have been saying about them is that you can, did you hear this? Like you can get Ozempic face now. If you don't have diabetes, yeah, I was in the New York Times. It was like people who take Ozempic that don't have diabetes or like are just taking it for fun. Like your face gets all like mushy. And I was just like, oh, my God, I have to send you the link. But very interesting conversations happening around these drugs. Lots of people taking them, even like people like Elon Musk, where you're just kind of like, do like, what's the purpose? But I mean, I get it. People want to lose five pounds the easy way. I just it's a little icky. But yeah. Yeah, I, I think, you know, and again, though, you you guys, have, you know, have the right to, to to choose what drugs you want to live the life that you want. I think like everybody's looking for an easy path. I was even looking at like, uh, so Glucose Goddess, who is an account that I really like, and she has a book out. I'd love to have her on the pod at some point. We can just manifest that now. But and also she was talking about the Huberman Lab, who I also really like. There's like a muscle in your calf that if you like stretch it, it it can cause like glucose absorption. And like it, so like walking is one of the reasons why like this is some of the physio- physiological response. Again, I am not a scientist. You guys know that. But I was like, man, they were like, yeah, if you did like 20 minutes of like calf raises under your desk, like while you're working, it could cause some glucose absorption. I was like, we will do whatever it takes to not exercise. Like we're. We will look for any way to just like get glucose absorption and benefits of exercise without exercise. So anyway, yeah, that was, that's way off topic, but that was something that, that I noticed. Why do we, why do we always have to go for a walk? Just do some calf raises. I Send me the post. I need it. I need right, that yeah, in I'll, my life. We, we, we will link to the post in the show notes as well. So again, like I'm not questioning the science. I believe it. I believe it's there, but you know, hop up and hop up and go for a walk, do a little exercise. A little, a little, a little micro dose of some squats or some, uh, some jumps at your, at your work from home desk. Okay. So I know I want to be sensitive to this because you are a public figure as well. And, you know, living your life publicly, I think it definitely has its drawbacks. 
you are dating with diabetes. So you're, you know, yeah. meeting new, meeting new folks and introducing them to your diabetes. How do you go about that? Okay. So I want to, I want to start off by saying to everyone listening to this, who's like, I thought Eritrea was married. Eritrea is not married anymore. Eritrea got divorced. That's all the tea I'm going to spill on that. If you want more information, go to my Instagram. But I, I also want to say that the reason I found out that you taste bad on Manjaro is because one of the people I'm dating, I was like making out with them and they were like, um, what is going on? <laughs> because you, <laughs> this is new. He was like, this is a new flavor that I'm not used to and I'm not enjoying. So what's going on? And I just taken my Manjaro shot like the day before and I just hadn't drank a lot of water that day. And I was like, not I have yuck mouth, like not diabetes gave me yuck mouth. Like what the hell? So dating with diabetes has been really, really weird. Um, I never know. I think because I'm a pumper, it's like first date, they find out. And then also, unfortunately, they're always like, so what do you do for a living? Right. And it's like, I work at Diabetics Duty Things as a producer, and I have my social media job at Diatribe, which I love both. And then it's like all my little freelance jobs, like writing a book with Syrah about diabetes and doing blah, blah, blah with diabetes. So it's just like my entire life is diabetes. So it's kind of hard to hide it. And I'm sure it hasn't scared off any guys yet, but who knows, girl, maybe it's just the sauce. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Hey, if you made it through Munjaro breath, I mean, what can't they, what can't they make it through? You know, I mean, I just, I was so embarrassed, Rob. I wanted to die. Like, there's just not something you can go through when you're married, right? Cause I feel like if your partner and you're married to them, like they smell, you're just like, yeah, okay, get out of my face. But it's not like I'm going to break up with you about it. You know, right, I'm not right. ever going to go on a date with you again. So, you know, don't, don't start like really deeply thinking about, am I dating a person that has terrible breath? Like, should I get out of here? Does she brush her teeth? And then that's the thing he said. It was like, I know you have really great hygiene. So I'm just very confused. I wanted to end my life. I wanted to end it. Just, but anyways. Well, thank you for giving us the, the, you know, behind the, <laughs> behind the scenes look. I, you know, I, I think that's a really important thing to talk about. There are definitely people who are listening to this podcast who are dating with diabetes or parents of people who are wondering what to talk about when their kids are going on dates for the first time. So good stuff. Just be prepared. I, I always tell them about my G book. I actually had something happen last year when I went to Miami where one of the guys I was dating at the time, he had to like administer my G book. So I would say that that's probably the thing is, and something we've talked about on the podcast before is having support wherever you're at. So like, if you're going to go on longer than just a one to two hour date with this person, like they need to know that maybe there might be a situation where they might need to help you. So yeah, like hiking or, you know, people playing pickleball or whatever, whatever you're dating you know, or drinking, you know, all those things are important when you're, you know, living a life with diabetes. And ask questions. That's what I do. Like when, you know, it's like, oh, what, how should I dress for this date? I need to know if I need to bring up, how many juice boxes does Eritrea need to bring to this? Because we are not going to be out here struggling while we're going on a hike. Like that's not me. But uh, yeah. Well, speaking of ask questions though, speaking yeah. of questions, I think this is a really great transition because we did this before on Instagram and we had kind of mixed results in terms of like, gathering the stories and like, you know, the expiration of the question box and screenshotting and sharing the stories again. Anyway, we love a mailbag. And my favorite podcast is the Ryan Rosillo podcast. And they do life advice at the end of, of every episode. And it's my favorite segment of the podcast, even though I like the sports stuff, just I, I listen for life advice. So we are going to adopt on the Robin Air Trey show, the mailbag. And so we now have the official submission process, if you want to submit a question to Robin Eritrea, and we're going to put this on Instagram, 
It's mailbag at diabeticsdoingthings.com. We've given it a full email address. It's very official. So mailbag at diabeticsdoingthings.com. I'll plug that at the beginning of every mailbag segment. So ask your questions there. You're looking for what, what do you ask? What do you submit? Anything that you want to know from myself or Eritrea, anything that we've talked about on the podcast, anything that you just want to know about a life with diabetes, any curiosities, or if anything that you want advice on, send it to mailbag at diabeticsdoingthings.com. So we've gathered up, we've scraped together the last of the mailbag responses from, from 2022 when we were asking and soliciting them on Instagram. So we're going to go through and talk about a couple of them. But on this show, every month, we will do a mailbag segment and dedicate that to the end of the segment on the Robin Eritrea show. So that is our mailbag plug. And here we go with our mailbag responses from 2022. So this first one, uh, there were a few, uh, you guys were wanting to know some travel questions and wildest travel stories. So we had posted a, a prompt for you guys to share our wildest travel stories. So I will share mine. I have shared this on the podcast before, but in 2015, I went to Japan by myself. And that was like a thing that I wanted to do on my bucket list was go on a trip to Japan alone, which is from a John Mayer song. And I know I'm the worst. Um, so anyway, I put that on my list of things and I was in Kyoto and I had like one of the best days of my life. It was an incredible, incredible day. Taking the bullet train, the Shinkasa from Tokyo to Kyoto. And I was at the Arches, which is like the number one on every like a travel site and trip advisor or whatever arches in Kyoto is like the number one thing to do in Japan. It sure is. It is amazing. You've got to go do it. But I thought that it was like, this like really simple, like hill climb, like a short little hike. Turns out it's like a mile and a half from like the temple all the way up to the top. It's a beautiful little hike. It's not difficult, but it is strenuous. And so I, you know, was climbing up and I was on my pump at the time was the Medtronic paradigm revel 550 shout out looks like a pager still got it i use it as a backup just in case still works man that thing is bulletproof love it shout out um and i was feeling sweaty and i was feeling lightheaded and my hands are kind of shaky at the top of the temple once i got to the top so i tested my blood sugar and it was like 45 i'd already eaten all my snacks i had no like stuff with me so yeah so you have that kind of panicky moment well, I look, in Japan, one of the things that you learn is that there's vending machines literally everywhere. So here I am at the top of this temple, like a mile away from the train station. And I turn to the right away from the Fox God and I see a Coke machine. So that Coke machine saved me and I was able to get the Coke machine. My Coke right up there, no problem. Sat down the steps of the Fox God, drank it, and we're good to go. So that's my Thanks. that's my wildest <laughs> travel story. Got real lucky. Don't recommend it. But uh, yeah, that was uh, that was my travel story. Thank you, Fox God. Like, oh my God. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Definitely like uh, took a stop at the little altar, like burned some stuff, like, you know, made a little offering. So you shout out the Fox God looking out for me. Okay. I'm going to tell mine really quick. So I, this was in September. This happens to be all the time also, but this is in September of la or June of last year, August, sorry, August of last year. I was drinking tequila at the, in the pool in Puerto Rico and my sensor, like my Dexcom sensor got unsticky. And I lost it. And I was just like, okay, my sensor's lost. It's in the pool. I am in another country. How? Because the thing is, with Dexcom, you can't, that transmitter, is, you can only get one once every six months. So I was like, oh my God, like, how am I going to get a new one? The next day, I went down to the pool and I asked the bartender. She was like, oh, it looks like something stuck to the floor right there. And my Dexcom, which would not stick to my arm, was stuck 
to the floor, transmitter and all. And I ripped that baby wow. off, got in the new sensor and put it on. And I was like, thank you. I looked at the sky and said, thank you. You got me. <laughs> Sometimes it works out. I loved it. You know, some, like it's that. the fox god, fox god looking out. <laughs> but some people have sent in their responses. And I'm going to say this girl's name because she works with me. Shout out Julie Heverly. She's the head of the Time and Range Coalition and just an incredible person at Diatribe. But her story was that she had to remove her pants in 2019 in a private screening at the airport because her CGM was on her leg. And I cannot. Can, first of all, think about the time that adds to your flight. Like if you're already running late. Hate that. Already hate can, that. Yeah. It's just and it's just like, why am I being targeted? Why have I been selected for this? Like, I, well, see I think, too, like that. Those moments are like where diabetes feels really overwhelming and you feel very othered and you feel very like singled out. And so, man, Jules, oh, that's tough. Hate to hate, hate those private screens. Hate to see, they they hate seem very, seem very public. Also hiking on insulin told us that they were held at gunpoint at an Ohio rest stop because their MDI was drugs. <laughs> so so I, just, someone thought their insulin pen was or, or it was, I assume it was syringes because like, you know, syringes, the orange cap, everybody feels like they're drugs. So man, diabetes sometimes does get in the way. You got to explain those things under duress. That's always. But tough. I mean, at gunpoint, like, I just can't imagine someone being that perplexed about my drug usage. Like, why do you care so much? Like abolish gunpoint. First of all, just terrible. <laughs> just terrible to be at gunpoint at any time. Just flagging people out here for no reason. Mm. And and then Roseanne Amy told us that airport security in South Korea once confiscated all of her supplies, which is a situation that absolutely terrifies me and why I are trying to keep a supply bag in my backpack and one in my check bag. Because you ain't about to take everything from me. Like, right. no. You keep no that way. thing on you. You have to. I got to mm -hmm. survive. Like, what am I yeah. going to do? I can't imagine. I would love to know how that situation resolved itself. Rosanna, me and I'm going to. I think also, though, like all these are kind of travel related, like people are, yeah, it's airport security, it's private screenings, it's TSA, it's explaining things to people. You know, still go, go to the places, experience stuff because whether you're, it's your local police department not knowing about your multiple daily injections or it's your local airport security, like everybody has to get educated about diabetes at some point and look at you. Spreading awareness for diabetes one You're person the one. at a time. Look at you being machine. <laughs> today, today is their day. You are him. You are her. Do it. So that those were the travel stories. The next one is a, is a fun one. I think we get a lot of these online, especially from the bots. Shout out the cure bots. But what's the weirdest diabetes cure you've heard of? And some of these I had never heard of. So shout out to everybody who you know, put them in. So one kilogram of mango. Was, uh, I... was was perpetuated as a cure, which I find is is silly. Mango has a lot of carbs and sugar, so it's just like, are the, do they think that DKA and death is the cure? Like, if you just stop existing, you won't well, it's like diabetes. I know that there, I know there are celery warriors. So hopefully, there's no like mango like crazies out there who are gonna come for us. But yeah, I don't think mango cures anything. I do love mango, love a mango for a low blood sugar, but uh, one kilogram of mango is quite a bit. I love a Asian mango. If you ever get a chance, those are the best ones. Mm. Yeah, pa mm. Pakistani mangoes, the best mangoes. Also, I am a celery warrior, so I take that as a derogatory comment. I think celery juice is really good for you. I, you it is, I mean, it's, it, there's, there's, it's clearly, it's very good. But yeah, the celery warriors. All right, I didn't know. There's, they walk among us, celery warriors. They're, you never know. We're hidden. We're here in the shadows. <laughs> Chronic superhuman, our dear friend, Eric, also Eric a Dutcher. Dallasite. 
I hope you're surviving to Alaska, Eric. Shout out to you. But he said that he'd heard of breath work being a diabetes cure. Somebody said <laughs> I do love breath work. Breath work is good for you. I think it, you know, but again, not not a cure. Can't restart your pancreas. We had a keto diet in here. Anna said that there was a keto diet. Yeah, for sure heard that. You know, no carb is low carb. Yeah, but you're still going to need that insulin for sure. And, and also, you know, there's a lot of keto folks that follow the podcast. I've done a little bit of like keto adjacent stuff in the past. It can be good for you. Low carb, but you know, you know, your Bernsteiners out there, low carb does, does help, especially early on with diabetes. If you're trying to keep that, that time and range really dialed in, but not a cure, still going to need that insulin I've, and keep I've an eye out for, for you brain. glycemic decay. Yeah. But some people say. Many have said. When you have diabetes, like it's good for your brain. I don't know. I'd have to do more research about it, but I know a friend who went keto because she said it was good for your brain. And I was just like, oh, great. Let me know how that goes. Yeah. I think what um, you'll find is like, there's just, most people are like somewhere in the middle, like taking keto principles and like, you know, you know eating some good, good fats and stuff like that. But yeah. I guess but, I just can't imagine eating like, like bacon fat for like just as an entire meal or like I used, to, I used to put a whole stick of butter in my coffee in the morning I used to do that are you and as recently as like five years ago but yeah like and then I realized like man like a thousand calories in my coffee like with MCT oil and butter before noon every day is probably like you know not great so anyway, a whole stick of butter. I'm just I'm disgusted by you let's get to the next answer which is also disgusting yeah so this one is like to drink your own urine was the cure and I know like so that used to be a way they tested for diabetes back in the day, day, because it was like you had sweet urine. Like that, it was like that was like one of the, the ways that they des- described diabetes scientifically back in the day. It was like sweet urine or whatever. So interesting that that is it. Um, no, urine is, it will not cure your diabetes, but it is sterile. And if you like the taste if, for all of you dodgeballer, uh, dodgeball fans out there, that's a fun, a very fun. I... Is it necessary? Is it necessary for me to drink my own urine? Yeah. Shout out Rip Torn, RIP. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Uh, I just... This though is my favorite one. And I, I know I'm cutting you off. I'm sorry. This one is my favorite one because I am guilty. My wife is a bit that I do is when she's sick, I'm like, sickness is a mindset. Sickness is a mindset. So this person, oh prickly, prickly Pierce said uh, that the cure that they were sold was if you truly believe it will go away, it will go away. <laughs> Which I wish That's... was true. I so wish was true. But if anybody could do it, it'd be you, Rob. You could just sit my, there. And... The power of positive thinking, baby, manifest that cure. No, unfortunately, that will not. That will not do it. All right, so that's the mailbag. That 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 is our previous questions that we had. So, again, send your life advice with diabetes requests to mailbag at diabetes diabetics and we will choose our favorites for the show. So, uh, oh my god. Juicy questions. All the Rob Thirst fans, please come through. I can't wait. Like, I'm just going to sit there in the inbox like, what is happening? What embarrassing question can we ask Rob this month? Oh, wow. Okay. Well, <laughs> put me on blast with the mailbag at Diabetics Doing Things. This has been the first episode of the Robin Eritrea show. First, I guess, technical first episode. We've done this before, but 2023, we're going to do one of these a month and really excited to keep you guys in the loop with what's going on with us. So signing off, I'm Rob Howe. I'm Eritrea Musa. Bye.